Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Have you uh, ever been through a season where it was difficult to be thankful? Uh, I know I, I can't be the only one, right? I, I know, like, just, I don't know why, but gratitude doesn't seem to come naturally to me. Like, I'm just not naturally a grateful person. I have to work hard at gratitude and, and work hard at, at being thankful. And I know, like, listen, I know I have a lot to be thankful for. I, I know that God has done so much, but for some reason, like, it's just, I'm just not naturally wired like that. I don't know if you can relate to that. I don't know, some of you might just be thankful for, for everything. You have a bad hair day and you're like, thank God I have hair. And that might be how you tick. And like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm grateful for you. Uh, but uh, man, it just, for me, it, it can be sometimes just, just hard. Gratitude seems to be elusive for, for most people. No, no matter where you are right now and what you have, doesn't it sometimes just feel like it's never enough? That no matter how much progress you've made, you're not where you want to be. And so it's hard to be satisfied and content and, and happy and thankful and full of gratitude with where you currently are. That, that's me. Uh, it just seems like there's, there's always more. There's always something bigger. And I, this, I was, this has been illustrated to me countless times, but one time in particular stuck out to me. About two years ago, my wife and I moved uh, across town, did a cross town move. And so we, we sold our house and, and bought the new house all within like two weeks and about 10 days away from closing on the house, like moving into our new house, I decided I was gonna start getting zealous with the moving, right? And uh, if you know me, the kitchen, this is my area, okay? I don't want Elizabeth touching any of my pots and pans, none of my kitchen gadgets, like those are my babies, okay? Don't touch my knives, don't touch any of that stuff for trained professionals only. And so I just decided, I, I don't want anybody packing up my kitchen except me. And so approximately 10 days before we closed on our new house and could move in, I packed up our entire kitchen. Pots, pans, knives, silverware, apron, the whole thing, wrapped it in bubble wrap like they were my babies, put them in boxes, took them downstairs in the garage, stacked them up, right? Elizabeth walks in. I was thinking I was going to get an attaboy or something from her. And she walks in and she said, what are all the boxes in the garage? I said, hey girl, I packed up the whole kitchen already. I just, I, like I, I was ready, I'm excited about this. I didn't want you messing with my pots. Like I, I packed up the whole kitchen. And Elizabeth said something that uh, brought up a question that I had not yet thought about. Um, she said, Nathan, uh, what, what are we gonna eat for the next 10 days? And so I didn't want her to think like I hadn't thought this through. And so I said, well, that's easy. We're gonna go out to eat. We're going to eat takeout. Like, that's fine. Like, of course we are. That's what we're going to do. There is 0% chance I'm going down to that garage and unpacking all of that stuff and bringing it back up here. So we're just going to eat out. And I don't know if you grew up in a home like I did, but like that would have been good news for me growing up. Now, my mom was a great cook, uh, but we didn't go out to eat a lot. And so even when it was like fast food, my brother and I were fired up about it. We're like, okay, let's go. We're going we're gonna to get to go out, go to a restaurant or get takeout. So of course, I was like, my girls are going to be fired up about it. Because before those 10 days, my two daughters would have come up to me and said, dad, I'm tired of eating at home. Why don't we ever get to go out? We never get to go out to eat. 
And so what we did over those next 10 days is we visited every single establishment in this great city that sold chicken nuggets. <laughs> and we ate at McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Zaxby's, we did dairy we did cookout. We never got desperate enough for Taco Bell. Like that, it didn't, they went, the hard times were not that hard, but we did try Burger King one time and just did that one time. And, and so like it, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we're, we're out. We're Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme. Like we eat them all, the, the donuts for breakfast. And, and I remember about day nine, the next day we were gonna get to move into our house and I walk into the, the kitchen, uh, it's now completely empty, has been for 10 days. And I look at the girls and I say, girls, what, where do y'all wanna go tonight? And this is what my daughter said. Dad, will you please just cook us something? And my youngest daughter said, I never want to eat out again. <laughs> Isn't it funny how everything that we don't have, that we think that one day we will get, once we get it, we're still not thankful. We're still not grateful for it. Like those, I would have thought, man, you, you go home and tell your kids, we're gonna eat out at a restaurant for every meal for the rest of your life. You would think they would be fired up about that until approximately nine days later. And now they're begging for what they were complaining for nine days earlier. It's just something about us. We're hard to please. It's hard to be thankful no matter what we have. It's hard to express gratitude in our lives. Even though those things that we just think we've convinced ourselves, if only I had this, then I would be thankful. I'm telling you, if, if, if life were a little bit different, if I had something different and we have this idea and then what happens, we get it and then we realize it's never enough. And for some reason, we're, 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 not, we're not grateful, we're not, we're not thankful. It seems like we have all, all have this idea that if I had this, or if I were at this position in life, then everything would be great, then it would be perfect, then I would be thankful, then my heart would be overflowing with gratitude. But what happens when we get it? We're still not satisfied, still discontent, still think and wish for more that we currently don't have. And so I wanna I want talk about gratitude for the next four weeks. I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up, uh, heads up, side note, eating holidays are better than present giving holidays. That's just my personal opinion. So I'm fired up about Thanksgiving, but this is the time of year where we need to be talking about gratitude. We need to be talking about thanks. Uh, we used to uh, only do a, a sermon on gratitude and Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, like the Sunday after Thanksgiving is when I'd always talk about gratitude. But last year we switched it up and we took the whole month of November to talk about gratitude leading up to, to Thanksgiving. And so that's what I wanna do uh, this year as well, just to get our minds and hearts moving towards being grateful and being thankful. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about gratitude and about thanks. God is pretty clear on what he thinks uh, and what thanksgiving and gratitude should mark us as, as followers of Jesus. And so that's what I wanna unpack for you today. And I wanna share with you my favorite verse in all of the Bible about gratitude and about thanksgiving. Uh, I've, I've probably shared this verse with you before. It's from Psalm 100, but I wanna share it with you this morning out of a, a, a paraphrase of the Bible. It's called the message. So it's not a literal translation of the Bible, but a guy named Eugene Peterson took the big ideas that were found in scripture and he, and he put them together in this, this paraphrase called the message. And in Psalm 100 verse four reads like this, my favorite verse on gratitude and thanksgiving. David is talking about coming into God's house, coming into the temple, coming into the church, being in God's presence. And this is what David says, enter with the password, thank you. 
make yourself at home talking praise. How do you make yourself at home in God's house? You're talking praise. It's gratitude. The password to get into the door is thank you. He says, thank him and worship him. I love that analogy that David uses. He says, like, this is God's house, the the temple back in the Old Testament, the church is God's house. And here's the way he phrased it. God is on the inside. You are outside of the front doors. You're getting ready to come in, but there is only one key that will open up the door to get you into the presence of God. You know what the key is? Thank you. There's a bouncer at the door and before you can come into God's presence, he's gonna ask you, like, what's, what's the word? What's the passcode? And the passcode is thank you. That's how we get into God's presence. That's what God commands us as we pray every day when we come into God's presence. How should we begin our prayers? With thanks, because the key that unlocks the door to God's presence is gratitude. When we come in here and worship, what's the key? What, how do we get in? What's the entryway? The passcode, the Bible says, is, is thank you. So that's the first thing that I want you to write, write down. First point about gratitude, and I'll explain it to you. Just, just write this down and I'll unpack it. First, number one is this. Without gratitude, you're trespassing. Without gratitude, you are trespassing in God's presence. The, the Bible says that we do not come into God's presence with prayer. Prayer is great, but the Bible doesn't say when you approach God, you do so in prayer. The Bible doesn't say that when you approach God, you come into his presence with preaching. It doesn't. Nobody's a bigger fan of preaching than I am. I preach for a living. But the Bible doesn't say that the way to God's presence is through opening up the Bible and reading it or bowing your head and closing your eyes and praying. He says the password into God's presence is gratitude. Someone mentioned something to me the other day, and I, and I think they meant it as a compliment. I don't know, but, but it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And they said this, they say, Nathan, I, I show up on Sundays, but I usually show about 15 minutes after the service has already started because that's when I know the music is getting ready to end and you're getting ready to preach and I just want to hear you preach. I think they meant that as a compliment, but like, I, it kind of, I, I, I had this response. I said, man, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I kind of get, I, I thank you for liking the message. Uh, but here's the deal, man. I need for you to understand something. If you're not a part of worship on the front end, you're trespassing on God's property. Because the Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his presence with, with song. With, with praise, with gratitude on our, our lips. If we come into God's presence without first expressing gratitude, we're not coming in the door that he asked. We're trying to sneak in the side window and we're trespassing on God's property. Don't trespass on God's property. Like you can't come in here without first praising God first. You can't come in here without letting thanks be on your lips for everything that God has done for you. Like it matters so much to God that he wrote that out in Psalm 100 through the the pen of David to say the password is thank you. Every time you come in these doors, the thought that is on your mind should be thank you. It should be gratitude. Those are the words that come out of your mouth. Uh, Kristen plans all of our weekend services. And I don't know if you catch this or not, it's almost like we do this on purpose, but the first three songs are always about praise and thanksgiving to God. Why is that? 
Because the Bible says when you come in here, we've never started a, a, a service at Revo with a sermon. We don't start with someone standing up on stage and say, okay, everybody bow your heads and pray with me. That's not the pathway into God's presence. And the reason why some people might be experiencing almost like there's a little bit of gap between you and God, like there's some separation. Maybe you're saying prayers and it feels like your prayers aren't leaving the ceiling. You come in here and everybody seems to be worshiping and praising, but for you, like you feel nothing. People are connecting with God and experiencing life change, but you just don't seem to be a part of it. The reality might be that you're trespassing on God's property. That the key to unlock his presence and his blessing in your life is first thanksgiving. It's first praise. And so that's why we do what we do. If you go to any one of our campuses, uh, when we were gifted these buildings from other churches, um, before we opened up, I, I snuck around, I got a ladder, and uh, I'm not gonna tell you where they are, you just gonna have to look for them. But there's various places on campus where I took a Sharpie marker and I wrote Psalm 100 verse four. And in parentheses beside it, I put, thank you. One of them, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you get a ladder in a, in, on the other side of this door, the entrance to the auditorium, this happens at every, all three of our campuses, Walkertown, Rural Hall, and here at South Fork. You can look, and on the top of the door sill, you'll see Psalm 100, verse 4. You want to know why I did that? Because every time I walk through that door, I want to remember the password is thank you. Nathan, you need to be thankful every time you come in here for what God has done not only for our church, but in your life, for your family. The password is thank you. The key to get in the door is thank you. And that's written in various spots, even like written on the door frames in, in various doors on, on our facilities. My favorite verse when it comes to thinking about gratitude and getting my heart moved in the right direction. It's a subtle reminder for me that Thanksgiving is important. Thankfulness to God is important. David writes a lot more throughout the Psalms about gratitude and thanks. And so I want to land the plane this morning in one particular Psalm that is a Psalm of thanksgiving. That's a Psalm of gratitude. Uh, but I would, I would bet when I start reading it, you are not going to think that's the case. Psalm 69 is a Psalm that, that David writes and it's all about what God has done for him. And David actually debunks some myths that I believe the majority of people, probably even the majority of people in this room, believe about gratitude. And it's one of the reasons why you're not thankful. It's one of the reasons why gratitude might not be natural for us. Culture is telling us these lies about, about gratitude. Um, you, cannot be gratitude. you cannot be grateful and thankful until you have everything that you have. Right, that's the reason why some of you are not thankful today because there's something that you want that you don't have that you don't have yet. And so it's hard for you to be thankful as long as there's something that's not yet achieved. And we're, we're separating ourselves from God's presence because we're not showing gratitude for what he's already done. That's one lie. Another lie is you cannot be thankful until everything in your life is perfect. You know, as long, as long as you got problems, now's not the time to be thankful. You need to work harder. Like some of you, you are not thankful for your marriage because your marriage is not perfect. But can I just give you a heads up? Your marriage will never be perfect, mainly because you're in it. Let me go to this side. Y'all didn't like that over there. <laughs> some of y'all were like, he's talking about you, sweetheart. 
you can be thankful for the mirrors that you have right now. It's not where you want it to be. It's not perfect. You want to continue to grow, but you can be thankful right now. Don't believe the lie that until everything is perfect in your life, you can't be thankful. You can't be grateful to God. Here's another lie. Uh, what I have right now is not what I want, so I can't be thankful for it. Trust me, you are always going to have things in your life that you want. It will ne- you, till the day you die, you'll always want something more, want something different, want something additional. Don't let that stop you from being thankful and expressing your gratitude to God. You can't have gratitude when you're hurting. I've met people that are hurting physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, just hurting in all areas of their life. And it's a struggle for them to be thankful because they're looking at their life and saying, what do I have to be thankful for? I'm hurting so much. And they bought into the lie that you can't be grateful and hurt at the same time. No gratitude when you have problems. Man, as long as I have problems in my life, I'm gonna be negative. I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna talk about what I don't have instead of that. Let me show you what David says to all that. He debunks all of those. Listen to this setting. Listen to this life right here and tell me if you can relate to it. Here's how David starts out Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I'm in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I'm exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me without cause outnumber the hairs on my head. Many enemies try to destroy me with lies, demanding that I give back what I I didn't steal. In verse 14, he continues and, and says, rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me and pull me from these deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me or the pit of death devour me. Can you relate to any of that? You ever been at a place like that in your life? Listen, David is completely overwhelmed. This is where we get the the analogy of I'm in over my head. David looks at God and says, help. Like my head is barely above water. Everything about my life is crashing down around me. God, I'm fearful. I'm afraid in my life. The uncertainty is running rampant. I'm worn out. God, I've never been more tired than I am right now. I'm just frustrated that things aren't working out. I'm frustrated at the lack of progress. There's just so many things that that I have to complain about. I'm drowning in despair. Now, wait a minute. I thought this was the psalm all about Thanksgiving, right? Doesn't sound like it. But here's the second thing I want you to write down that we learned from Scripture about gratitude. Don't miss this. You and I can have gratitude regardless of our circumstances. Did you know that? Did you know that you could be overwhelmed and grateful? That you can be tired and thankful? That you can have things that you want and desire that are missing in your life, but you can still say the words, thank you to God? Did you know those two things can coexist? They can for Christians. That's the life that God's actually called us to. Now now think about it. Here's David's struggle on the struggle bus, stressed out. Can't, can't do anything in his life, completely overwhelmed. And, and this, after 29 verses of pouring his heart out to God, saying how bad his life is, saying how much is missing, saying how much he is struggling, this is what he says in verse 30. Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Huh? 
back up, stressed out, in over my head, terrible job, hard life, no friends, fearful of the future, anxious, depressed, struggling physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, like he feels separated from God, like God doesn't care, that God isn't around anywhere. And what is David's response? I will praise your name with thanksgiving. See, David knew something that our culture doesn't believe, that your circumstances don't dictate your gratitude towards God. That you can feel all of those feelings and still on the, in the midst of it, you can look at God and say, thank you. And here's why you can do this. Write this down. Gratitude shifts your focus. Not only is the key into God's presence, thankfulness and gratitude, not, not only can you be grateful in your life, regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in, but David teaches us that gratitude shifts our focus. When, when, when you express gratitude, here's what happens. Check this out. When you express thankfulness to someone, what happens is you take your eyes off of what you don't have and you put them on what you do have. When you express gratitude, it's all about shifting from what God hasn't done for you, what door God hasn't opened up, what is missing in your life, and then becomes a moment where you realize God has opened doors, God has provided, God has given, God has done, God has blessed. There's so many things that God has done. And it's all triggered with gratitude. When you make that decision, it shifts your focus away from woe is me, pity party, I can't believe this has happened, to look at what God has done. I'm gonna challenge you. If you're struggling this week to be thankful, to express gratitude to God, I wanna challenge you with something. I want you to take 10 minutes, get a piece of paper out, get a pen, and for 10 minutes, I want you to write what I, what, what I call a gratitude journal. I know people that do this every day. They wake up for the first 10 minutes of the day, they write down on a piece of paper what they're thankful for. I'd be willing to make a bet with you. If you begin on that piece of paper with gratitude and for the next 10 minutes, you write down everything that comes to your mind that you're thankful for, I bet by the end of the 10 minutes, you'll be looking for another piece of paper. And when you sit there and you look at everything that you've written down that you have to be grateful for, it will shift your focus from there's a deficit to, my goodness, I got a surplus in my life. God has been so good. David knew that. He's like, man, for 29 verses, I talked about what I don't have. But in verse 30, 31 and 32, he talks about what he does have. He expresses his gratitude towards, towards God. Here's the last two verses, 31 and 32. For, for this will please the Lord. What will please the Lord? When we express our gratitude to him, when I come in here with a heart of thanksgiving, this will please the Lord. Listen, more than sacrificing cattle, more than presenting a bull with its horns and hooves, the, the humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who seek God's help be encouraged in that. David makes a bold statement here. I don't know if you ever heard a preacher say this before. In fact, you've probably heard pastors say the opposite of this. Some of you don't like church because you believe the opposite of this. Uh, some, some of you think that God is only after my money. That church only wants my money. That pastor only wants my money. That's what the church, that's what religion is all about. They just want my money from me. Did you see what David said? He said, you know what pleases God? Gratitude. Even more than any gift that you were to give in the offering. And I love this, that David says even a large gift, 
You know, some people would only bring a portion of a sacrifice, a portion of a a piece of meat, like one steak, throw it on the altar. That's my gift, Lord. David says, I don't care if you bring the whole cow, the head, the hooves, the tail, like the fur, the whole thing. God would rather have a grateful heart than for you just to throw something in the offering basket on your way out the door and your heart be far from him. That's a bold statement right there. That's God's desire. Here's the last thing I want you to write down. Uh, here's, here's what God's looking for. This is how I like to phrase it. Uh, grateful notes over fancy presents. God's looking for grateful notes over fancy presents. Uh, I uh, have, I, don't call me a hoarder. It's, it's a bad problem, but I'm gonna share something with you. I'm gonna open up and be transparent with you, okay? So please don't judge me. Uh, I have boxes at my house filled with handwritten notes that people have given me for my whole life. There's just something about a handwritten note. In fact, I'll promise you this. If anyone in this room has ever given me a handwritten note, I still have it. I keep it. Handwritten notes mean a lot to me. I mean, a gift, you can go on Amazon, do one click. You don't know what it looks like. You don't even have to ship it. And it arrives on somebody's door. Like, I get it, gifts are cool, but you want to talk about something cool for me is a, is, a, is a handwritten thank you note. It's personal. Right? Somebody took the time to get a piece of paper out and write a note, not a text, not an email, but to write a note and just take a minute to say thank you for something that I did or for some way that I helped them. And I love these. I was pulling some out this week, just, just pulling through them. I got a, a buddy of mine that's a coach for East Carolina University for the football team. And he's a dude that I talk to every month and we encourage one another. And it's kind of an iron sharpens iron thing. And, and Ryan wrote me, he's got a fancy note card here. It's hard to hide money at ECU. Um, one, of the, one of the lines in here is like, man, just thank you for being a great friend. Just wanted to drop a note in the mail, just say thanks for the conversation. Thanks for helping make me better husband and a dad, and he does the same for me. And so I kept that. He wrote that for me a few years ago. Kept that, won't throw that away. My dad wrote me a note, big chief's in the house today. And he said, some people have a quiet wisdom and only say what's necessary. And then there's you. (laughs) And he wrote a, a little handwritten note in there just for some, some things that we had shared together in life. And man, just grateful for that. I'll always keep that. My brother wrote me a thank you note. I went and he owned a big landscaping business in Charlotte. And I went and helped him with a big project uh, for, of his, uh, a client of his, it's probably been five or six years ago. And he gave me a gift and in typical older brother fashion, he said, Nathan, I hope this small yet very expensive gift brings joy to your life. <laughs> now I still have the gift, but I kept this card tore the back of it off and kept the part that had a handwritten note about it. It just meant a lot to me to get that from him. I got kids, give me drawings, my kids. I love these. These are homemade right here. It's good, good to have a homemade card. And this is from Lydia. To dad, from Lydia, I love you. And it means a lot to me, except the, the way that Lydia draws me, uh, it's a stick person but instead of having a stick body, it has a big circle body. <laughs> and, uh, and I went through all of them and they all have that. And so I won't pretend like that's not hurtful, but that's just how she sees me. 
from a local pastor. Our team invested in him and in his team and, and he wrote in cursive. I didn't even know anybody wrote in cursive anymore. I can barely even read this thing. But uh, it was just a little thank you note. He said, anything significant that God chooses to do with me and my church will definitely have you and Revo stamp on it. Thank you, love you, bro. So I kept that, it means a lot. This is a note that was given to me by a lady that I had the opportunity to, to share my faith with and a letter to Christ. I told her what Jesus had done in my life. And she said, well, if Jesus can do that in your life, then I believe he can do it in my life as well. And right there, I got to pray with her and she gave her life to Jesus. And she wrote me this note. She said, I, I, you will never understand the depths of my gratitude for your help in leading me to Christ. I've enjoyed every moment of this journey. And she was baptized the last time we were together. I got a, a note from a friend of mine. This one's, this one's two pieces of paper right here. And it's written in cursive too. And, and, and what this lady did was, what was interesting to me is, it was like two or three paragraphs where she wrote, he, these are specific things that I'm thankful for. This is something you said or something that you did that I just wanna let you know that I'm grateful for. And when I read notes like this, man, like these matter, these are significant, this is personal. And it dawned on me that that's what God is saying in, in Psalm 69. He says, every time we come in here and we worship, we're writing a thank you note to God. You ever thought about that? When you sing those songs of praise and worship, we're singing a thank you note to God. And like everything we do in here is, is, is essentially us saying with my life, with my words, with my voice, God, thank you. It's gratitude. When we lift praises up to God, it's in gratitude. When we sing songs about what he's done for us, it's a thank you note of written gratitude. And God says, more than any gift or offering or anything that you do in here, you know what I want? Thank you. Just a humble heart that recognizes all that God has done for you. Just a grateful response to the God of the universe that loves you, that sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sin so that you could have eternal life. And God, God could demand anything from you. And yet the Bible says, you know what I really want more than anything else? What really pleases the Lord is a heart that is full of gratitude. People that walk into this room with praise and thanksgiving on their lips. Man, what a challenge in a world that is obsessed with being negative and complaining about every stinking little thing. What if we were a people of thanksgiving, of gratitude, if on our lips, not just to God, but to our spouse and to our kids and to our, our, our employees and our employers, to complete strangers, to the person bagging our groceries and checking us out at at, at Chick-fil-A, no matter how tired you are of those nuggets by now, just a simple thank you. Just, just gratitude off of our lips. That's what God says he wants. In, in Psalm 69, David is dealing with some pretty tough circumstances. His back is against the wall. He knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed and stressed out and to feel like life is caving in and, and to feel like everything is falling apart around him. And that is the moment that David realized, I've got a choice. And he chose gratitude. He chose thankfulness. Hey, if you walked in the doors today, this morning, or, or you turned in online and you're just naturally grateful and naturally thankful, then great, that's awesome. Good for you, man, keep going. But if you're like me and sometimes you struggle to give the proper response of gratitude and thanks for all that God has done for you, I wanna challenge you right now that right now is an opportunity. It's not an obligation, it's an opportunity for us to say the, the 
key to unlock the blessings that God has for my life, for me to be in the presence of God is thanks. It's an understanding that regardless of your circumstances, no matter how bad life is right now, you can still show gratitude and thanks to God. That the gift that God desires the most is not some big check dropped in the offering basket, but a grateful heart, a thank you note written by your life every single day. I think if we put that into practice, that will not only shift our perspective towards God and make our problems seem a lot smaller than they actually are, but it'll have an impact on those around us as well. I believe we'll connect with God on a whole new level when instead of trying to sneak in the side window, we enter into his courts and into his presence with praise and with thanksgiving. Gratitude can change a lot. And you and I have so much to be thankful for. Let's pray together. Thank God for what he's done for us. God, you're too good. (laughs) You're too good. Everything you've done, the doors you've opened, the provisions that you've given, the ways that you've protected us, your love, your forgiveness, the grace and the mercy that is 100% unmerited, all of that was a gift from you. And so God, forgive me. Forgive us when we'd rather walk in the door with an attitude of complaining or discontentment. Forgive us when we focus on the things that we don't have, when we are surrounded by the things that you've blessed us with. God, forgive us when the first words out of our mouths when we thought of you wasn't thank you, thank you, thank you, God, thank you so much. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. God, we need some help. We want to be people whose hearts are overflowing with gratitude. In a a dark world, God, we can be a, a bright light by showing our thankfulness to you and allowing our gratitude to impact those that are around us. God, help us in that. We want to be people that really honor you and praise your name for the things that you've done for us. So many great things. God, help us right now. Give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard and the boldness to act on them right now. We pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.